that. Uh, children, uh, you are dismissed for Children's Church. It is good to have uh, some family of Luke's here. Uh, his uncle and family, um, Rodney, Nicole, and Zane. It's good to have them uh, with us in the services uh, this morning. And First uh, Thessalonians, we're going to be uh, over in First Thessalonians chapter number 5 uh, this morning. First Thessalonians uh, chapter uh, number 5 uh, this morning. And a familiar passage of Scripture uh, as um, uh, we think about... Uh, uh, the uh, Thanksgiving that's just passed, I uh, pray uh, that you had a good Thanksgiving uh, and uh, pray that you uh, were able to be with family. And I know a lot of people traveled and a lot of people traveled in town, out of town, and um, uh, thankful uh, for um, the opportunity uh, to uh, be reminded uh, that in, in uh, everything we do, we should be thankful. And uh, I know Christmas is just around the corner and it just seems uh, impossible that this year is fixing to be over and uh, going to be into a, a new year and uh, super uh, excited about seeing what uh, the Lord uh, does uh, and uh, will continue to do uh, in our lives uh, in uh, the new year. So uh, I know you are excited as well. Several things coming up for the month of December. Yes, December is going to be a very busy month with different Christmas parties that we've got going on. Uh, again, 11th, uh, the first will be the Joy Christmas Party. The 11th will be um, the Adult Christmas Party. I believe the Ladies Christmas Party is on the 19th, I believe. Uh, we have got uh, teen uh, Christmas uh, party coming up, uh, and uh, and then on, um, let's see, I believe it's the 17th, I believe that's the right date, the 17th, we've got a couple things going on. One, we've got our, um, we're not really calling it a cantata, uh, but we're calling it a Christmas program, uh, where we're going to be able to um, have different groups. We, I think we did it last year, uh, have different groups uh, sing and, um, and, uh, and uh, do uh, some different Christmas songs. And again, they're going to be meeting, if you're participating in that, they're going to be meeting tonight at 5.30. So if you could be here for that, that would be a, a tremendous help. That's going to be in the morning service. In the evening service, we are going to have uh, our Christmas caroling uh, that we do. Uh, we will have a service here uh, in, uh, in the auditorium. If you cannot go or just don't want to uh, go out, uh, but what do we do? We generally go out and go to the nursing home and to some shut-ins and uh, sing Christmas carols and then... Uh, and then come back and have um, uh, coffee and, and, and hot cocoa and, and, uh, and a bunch of goodies that most of us aren't allowed to eat. And so, um, but you do anyways. But anyways, uh, we're going to have that uh, on the 17th. So that's kind of a double header there uh, on that Sunday, uh, just so that we could get prepared for uh, the Christmas um, program that we've got uh, uh, in the morning. Uh, so we're going to move that to, to the 17th and then have the Christmas, um, the Christmas um, caroling uh, that evening uh, of 
the 17th. On the 24th, it will be Christmas, uh, our Christmas service uh, on the 24th. Uh, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different uh, this year and uh, in the morning uh, for Sunday school. So for, in the morning for Sunday school, we're going to have a... Um, a, a, a big breakfast and uh, invite everybody over to the fellowship hall, uh, have uh, some fellowship together and have a just a uh, simple Christmas breakfast. Now, don't expect to come and get, you know, eggs and grits and bacon and sausage. And I'm not talking about that. You want that? Go to the Waffle House and then, and then come over. Uh, but uh, we're going to have a great time of fellowship uh, in, in, in uh, the, uh, the Sunday school hour. And then uh, we'll have our uh, service on Sunday morning uh, geared towards uh, Christmas, uh, of course, as we celebrate uh, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, because it is uh, Christmas Eve this year, we will not have an evening service. So we're encouraging everybody to stay home with their family. I know different families meet up different times for Christmas uh, Eve and then on Christmas. And so we'll have the one service in the morning and we'll have our um, breakfast uh, at uh, the nine o'clock hour. Okay. So I know lots of things coming up. New Year's uh, services will be as normal. Uh, we will be doing some different things in the evening service uh, and they're going to have some different speakers and then we're going to be uh, taking a time to kind of pray in the new year. Uh, except for we're, it's not going to be like at midnight, okay? So we're just going to do that a little bit earlier. And uh, most of us um, are in bed before that. And so um, we're going to, every every single year we watch the, uh, the ball drop uh, at our house. And uh, I think last year um, they screamed Happy New Year and I woke up in my chair. It's like, oh yeah, Happy New Year. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, the older you get, the more you don't, um, yeah, it's not a big deal to you. But uh, we'll have our regular services, okay? Regular services for our, um, for our New Year um, uh, um, services. And so uh, be aware of that as well. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter number five, First Thessalonians chapter number five. And of course, when we're talking about um, the holidays, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about Thanksgiving. And we're talking about the, um, uh, the, the Bible has a lot to say about uh, us being thankful and how we should be thankful and why we should be thankful. And, and uh, First Thessalonians five, uh, there's a series of uh, kind of uh, small verses here. But in verse 15, the Bible says, See that none render uh, evil for evil unto any man, but um, ever follow that which is good, uh, uh, both among yourselves and to all men. Look what he says in verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Look at verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, uh, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Isn't that an interesting statement? Not just evil. But if it looks evil, get away from it. Stay away from it. Don't have anything to do with it. Uh, even if it, if it appears uh, to be evil, 
um, we, we should side on the air, uh, or we should err on the side of caution uh, when it comes to, to things that are evil. But verse 18, he says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is, have you ever thought about that? I've asked this question before. But what is the will of God? You ever wondered that about your life? What is the will of God for me? What would God have me to do? Now, there are some specific things that are different for us, right? So, it is the will of God concerning me at this time to be the pastor of this church. Therefore, it is not the will of God for you to be the pastor of this church at this time. Do you get that? There's, it's very specific. Matter of fact, God, it is the will of God that I preach. God has called me to preach. That may not be the will of God for your life. So there are some things that are, uh, that are different, right, for, for each one of us. But there are some things that are common. What you realize there are some things, it's kind of like right and wrong. Understand this, if the Bible says something is right, then it's right for all of us. If God says that you should read the Bible, it's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the Sunday school teacher. It's not just for the leaders of the church. When God says read the Bible, he means to read. When he says study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, that's just as much for you as it is for me. We're to read God's word. When the Bible says, as we saw here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says pray without ceasing, that's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the Christian leader. Every single one of us should pray without ceasing. So if it's right for me to pray, then it's right for you to pray, right? So there's some things that are common for all of us. And if God says it's wrong, then it's wrong for everybody. Nobody, listen to me, nobody can ever say this. Nobody can ever make this statement. Listen, I know it's okay, or I know it's not okay for you to cheat, but God said it's okay for me to cheat. No, if it's wrong then it's wrong for everybody, right? If God says it's wrong, then it's wrong for everybody. That's a, it's called a, and we've gotten away from it in our world today, and in our communities today, in our country today, but it's called a moral absolute. If God says it's wrong, folks, it's wrong. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what direction the world's going in. If God says it wrong, then it's wrong. We don't have to vote on it because God says it's wrong, and God trumps everything that we say. The whole world could vote and say, listen, listen to me. We've decided that adultery is an old-fashioned thing, and we don't believe in adultery anymore. I mean, we just, anybody can do that which was right in their own eyes, and boy, we could just, we could just eradicate that now. Do you know what people like to do? People like to go through the Bible, which this isn't a Bible, but anyways, just pretend it's a hymnal. They go through and they go to John 3.16 and say, oh my goodness, where's my highlighter? For God so loved the world. 1 John chapter 4. I mean, they get over 1 John chapter 4. Boy, God is love. Give, give me my pen. Let me, let me, let me circle these, these passages of Scripture. 
then they get to other passages of Scripture. The Bible says you can't do this, or you shouldn't do that. The Bible says that uh, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade man. Go over to the passage where the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of God. Now, if this wasn't one of our hymnals, I would literally do it. But you know what to do? They get to that page and just go, and put it to the side. You, you do know, right, that there are versions of the Bible that leave out entire chapters. Entire verses. Well, that's not in the... Well, that really shouldn't be. And so what we've done is we've either changed what it says. For instance, Mary wasn't a virgin. She was a young lady. Well, we mix company, but folks, there's a difference between a young lady and a virgin. And so what do we do? We just rip it out. And we take it out, and we, and we take a penknife, and we cut it out, and we say, I want this, but I don't want this. I like this, but I don't like that. And so we just take it, and you know. But listen to me. The Word of God was written to give us moral absolutes. The Word of God was written to give us direction and guidance. It's not for us to decide what's right and what's wrong. God has already decided that. You see, the Word of God, the Bible, this is what the Bible says about the Word of God, it is already settled in heaven. What we do with the Word of God changes nothing about the Word of God. Now, it'll change a society. It'll change a family. It'll change an individual. When you start altering the Word of God, that's why Deuteronomy and Revelation both say, and I don't quote, but I'll give you a paraphrase, Leave your mitts off of it. It's not there for you to change. It's not there for you to alter. Matter of fact, God gives the warning. If you change the words that are in this book, if you alter the words that are in this book, I will add to your life the plagues of this book. I don't know if you've read about the plagues or not. That's a pretty bold statement. In other words, stay away from it. When God calls it good, it's good. When God calls it bad, it's bad. When God says it's right, it's right. When God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It's things in common that we all have. Well, the will of God is just the same. There are some things that we have that are in common. That it's the will of God not just for certain people, but it's the will of God for every people. You see... For the believer, it is the will of God that you be a giver. Do you know that? Giving is the, is the will of God for your life. We ought to, we ought to give. I mean, and I mean, the, the scripture talks about the tithe. Listen, we, we about dislocate our shoulder from patting ourselves on the back because we give the tithe. You know, the tithe is kindergarten. That's bottom shelf Christianity. I mean, when we tithe, we're giving back 10%. Listen, this is what, this is what happens. This is what the tithe is. The tithe is God gives us 100% and asks back 10. No, you don't understand. I worked for Who do you think gave you the energy to work? Well, I, I mean, I, I do, I do, I, I work out, I keep, listen, who gave you the oxygen? 
to breathe, who gives you life. Do you realize that any moment in time, God can snuff that out? If he chooses to, that's it. There's nothing anybody can do about it. I mean, if God decides, then that's over with. I believe 100% that every person has a birth date and they have a death date. Now, you have no idea when your death date is, but I promise you, God does. God knows. And I want you to understand something. It is the will of God that we be givers. Now, we talk about the tithe because when we think about giving, we think about money, right? We think about stewardship, we think about we think about money. When we have, uh, when people, when churches have stewardship conferences, you know, listen, very few people go to stewardship conferences. Why? Because it's all about money. Money, 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 money. And by the way, if you're right with God, you have no problem talking about giving money. None whatsoever. But you know, it's more than just giving your money. It's giving of your talents. It's giving of your time. It's giving not only to God, but giving to others. Do you know, God has left us an example uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And what was Jesus Christ? He was a giver. Right? Every time he passed by somebody, uh, he stopped. Uh, when uh, they, uh, uh, he called the little children to come to him, the disciples said, listen, he ain't got time for them. And he rebuked the disciples, Remember? He says, such are, the, such are those of the kingdom of God. And he calls the little children unto himself. Why? Because Jesus always had time for people. Because he was a giver. God's people. Listen, it is the will of God. If you are a born-again child of God, it is the will of God that you be a giver. It's the will of God that, uh, that we give. It's the will of God that we go. Going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That listen to me, that command wasn't given to the believer. It wasn't given necessarily to the individual. It was given to the church. Now I know the church is made up of believers, right? So that means it, it was specifically given to each of us. But it was given to the church. Go into all the world and preach. Go into all the world and be a witness. It's the will of God that you go. Now, it may not be the will of God for you to go to Africa or for you to go to uh, uh, Mexico or for you to go uh, across the world to Asia. I'm not saying it's the will of God for you to go to a foreign land, but I am telling you it's the will of God for you to go to the sphere of influence that you have in your own life. People you come across. And by the way, it's not only going to be a witness, but it's going to be an encouragement. Going to be a blessing. Why is it? I would love for somebody to explain this to me. Why is it that any Christian would want to be a discouragement to another Christian? I don't understand that. You say, we don't do that. Open up your eyes. That happens all the time. You know, one of the reasons is because we don't think before we talk. We just say things, and those things, we didn't think about them before we said them, and they end up being a discouragement to somebody else. We shouldn't be looking for opportunities to discourage one another. We should be looking for opportunities to encourage one another, 
to lift one another up, to be a blessing and an edifier to one another, to be a burden bearer to one another. How many of you been, how many of you been served in the military? Raise your hand up. Come on. Served in the military. Yeah. You remember, you remember being in the military? Remember when you were, remember when you were in boot camp? Listen, for some of y'all, that was a while ago, but listen to me. Well, it was struggle for me. Listen to me. You don't forget boot camp. You just don't forget it. I mean, especially if it's if it was a you know a, a rude awakening for you like it was for me. But I remember being in boot camp. And my first thought in boot camp, let me tell you my first thought was in boot camp. I just need to get through this. I just need to make it through. I wasn't worried about the cat standing next to me over here. I wasn't worried about the cat standing next to me over here. Listen, you make it, great. If you don't, I don't care. It's not a big deal to me. I just got to make sure that I make it. I got to make sure that I can do so many push-ups. I got to make sure I can do so many sit-ups. I got to make sure I got to do so many pull-ups. I got to make sure I got to run a certain distance in a certain amount of time. And I remember you had to run everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I just, you go to child, you had to, you had to run. You would go, you go into your rack, you had, to, you had to run. I mean, you had to run everywhere. And half the time you had a pack on. And there was nothing useful in the pack. It was just heavy. And I mean, I just when you had to run. And you run in circles. And you run and you run and you run and you run. And I remember the first couple times we ran. And I remember the first qualifier. Listen, you had to run a certain distance at a certain time. If you failed that, you couldn't graduate. Time to time. We surf, we, we first did it. I mean, there was there was a guy, man, if we're recording this. If he was watching this, was, that would be pretty cool. Give me a call if, you, if you're watching this. His last name was Delaney. I don't, we never knew anybody's first name. You always call people by their last name. His name is Delaney. I'm telling you this, this. This guy couldn't run from here to that back door. I mean, he just, every time he ran, he collapsed. He'd fall on the ground. I don't know if he had a medical condition or if he was just out of shape or whatever it was. Now, I can now barely run from here to the back of the door. But, you know, he was like 18 at the time. And so, uh, but he would, he would fall. And I'm telling you, we'd be running and people would jump over him. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. You're not going to make it and, and run the rest of the way. And let me tell you something. It didn't take us long to figure out that you didn't leave somebody falling. And we'd run and we'd run and we'd run, and we'd qualify, and we'd qualify, and we'd keep running, and we'd keep running. And finally, some of us are a little thick, so it takes a little bit longer. But finally, we figured out we need to help the guy that fell. We need to be there as a team together. If the church can't be a team, what are we doing? If we can't encourage one another, what are we doing? Listen, we can find discouragement in the world, right? I mean, we can find discouragement at work. We can find discouragement. You want to find discouragement, just get on the highway. Guaranteed. I mean, you could be solid as a rock and get on the highway and want to murder somebody by the time you get where you're going. I mean, it's nuts. It's crazy. We decided, huh, 
we decided we were going to go to see the lights. Anybody go, ever go to Charleston, James, James Island, see the lights? If you've never been, you really need to go. It's, it's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful. Don't go on a Saturday after Thanksgiving. Really bad idea. We didn't have anything else to do. We said, well, let's just do this. And so Kyle went with us, and we all jumped in the truck. And, oh, man, it was torture. I mean, absolute torture. It took us over three hours to get to Charleston. Three hours. Traffic was terrible. Now, listen, it's bad enough when somebody cuts you off when you're moving. But when somebody cuts you off and you're not even moving... This lady comes up, and man, I'm telling you, Wendy's in the front seat. I usually do better when Wendy's there, okay? She's not the Holy Spirit, but she helps me, <laughs> helps me along, right? And so we're coming up. This lady's over here. We're doing like two miles an hour, like two. And we're going along, and I'm just, I'm just really trying. I'm praying. I'm thinking, I'm not going to make it. I'm just, I'm just not going to make it through this. And so... I'm not really, uh, there's a little bit of space in front of me, and this lady, this woman, decides she's going to almost hit the truck and get in front of me. Man, I had a non-Jesus moment. <laughs> Laid on that horn. You ever land the horn? I mean, get off your seat and, like, sit on it. And, of course, we're not, we're not going anywhere. We're almost, you know, we're at a complete stop. And everybody's looking, and Wendy's going... And I'm just, she's like, enough? I said, almost. I was so angry. I waved over in the other lane and went in front. We're, again, we're doing like two. We're over in the other lane and cut her back off and Kyle's in the back seat going, yeah, Dad, go do it. So he doesn't help. He's the opposite, right? He's a, you know, you got that little angel on one side and you got the devil on the other side. Yeah. And so, but, shoot, you don't. Know, doesn't take much discouragement, right? We don't need it at church. We don't need to, when we come through these doors, we need to be encouraged. When we come through these doors, we need to be loved. We come through these doors, we need to find grace and mercy in our times of trouble and our times of help. So if we need those things, I don't know about you, but I do. I mean, I need those things. And when I come to church, I'm hoping to get those things. But you know what? If you're hoping to get those things, why don't you be those things? Be a giver. Come through, come through the doors of the church not expecting to get something, but expecting to give something. Come through those doors ready to be a blessing. Get your eyes open so that you can see. And if you see that there's a need... It's like I say this, I say this all the time about the grounds, right? Outside, there's a, there's a candy wrapper on the grounds. And we step over it complaining about the kids that left it. It was probably wasn't even the kids, by the way, but we just like to blame it on the kids. And we step over it and keep on walking. Now, if you're not capable of bending over, I'm not talking about you. But most of us are capable of bending over and picking that trash up. Just put it in your pocket. Hey, but no, what are we looking for? We're looking for things to complain about. And by the way, if you're looking for things to complain about, just see me at the door, I'll give you a list. Because there are, there's plenty. There's plenty of things to complain about. 
But if you're looking for things to be, things, if you're looking for ways to be a blessing, when you come through those doors and you're looking around and going, hey, who can I be an encouragement to today? Hey, who needs prayer today? Who can I help today? How can I make a difference today? See the difference? See, it's God's will that you be a giver, not just a taker. Aren't we living in a a taken world? I mean, give me. I want something, and I want it for nothing. I don't want to work for it. I I just want it right now. We're living in a generation right now. Listen, we're living in a generation right now where this generation wants everything their parents have had. took their parents 50 years to get it. But I want it now. I mean, right now. And I'll do whatever it takes to get it right now. Take, 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 take. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever done this? You ever tried to be a blessing to somebody, trying to be a help to somebody, and you give, and they put out their other hand? And then you give, and by the time you give in that hand, this hand's now empty, and now they put this hand out again. Give me, give me, give me, give me. It's this mentality, right? It's this mentality. God bless America. Do I want God to bless America? 100%. But when's the last time America's blessed God? What kind of givers are we? It is God's will that we be a giver. It's God's will that we be a goer, that we go and uh, be that blessing that uh, God needs us to be. And then it's God's will that, be, that we be growers. God doesn't want you to be stagnant. Peter said that that, uh, growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that this year you should be closer to God than you were last year? As we come up to the end of, 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 uh, of, what year are we in? 2023. Just mind-boggling to me. We, we, we launch into 2024. You know what one of your goals should be? You know what one of your desires should be? That I, that I draw closer to God in 2024. More than I did in 2023. And I don't care. Maybe in 2023, you were a stellar Christian. I mean, you, did, I mean, you were in church every, every time the doors were open. You read your Bible. But let me tell you something. Every one of us can be closer than we are right now. If you've gotten to a point, or if you get to a point where you think that you don't need to grow anymore, you're in a very, very troubling place. And so often what we do is we grow stagnant. Let me, say, let me tell you something about stagnant. You know what stagnant is? You know what stagnant does? It stinks. It stinks. I tell you. Don't ever get to the place where you're not continuing to grow the Lord every day. Boy, every day, every day that you get up, Lord, help me to draw closer to you. Help me to make better decisions for you. And it seems like, have you ever done this? It seems like you, you get through a temptation or you get through a problem or you get through a, a, a valley, you get to the other side of it and you go, praise God, I made it through. And then boom, something else hits you. Isn't that what happens? Well, this, some, 
this, whatever it is, gets better, and then all of a sudden this gets worse. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a vehicle or your body. Right, you get one thing solved. I mean, you get this thing solved, and, and all of a sudden it, then something else goes wrong. And then you get this solved, and you, and, you, and you take your car in, and you get 2,300 hours worth of work on it. 2,300 hours worth of work on it. I'm just making that number up. I'm just saying. It doesn't take much for it to be 2,300 hours worth of work. And it comes out of there, and boy, you go, Phew. Man, got that solved. Next trip, you blow out one of your tires. You take it in, they say, oh, yeah, you're... Um, you got, you know, you got wires showing on your inside. You need all four of your tires changed. Well, let me tell you something. You ain't getting tires for very cheap. And you're thinking to yourself, I just spent $2,300. Now I got to spend, well, you didn't spend $2,300 on tires. And now your tires are out. And the longer you keep the car, something else is going to happen. Then something else is going to happen. And boy, you get by one thing, and man, you had this back problem forever and forever and forever, and all of a sudden, oh man, my, you know, my wife told me this morning, she said, you, you shouldn't be so pessimistic. You know, I'm just, with my sugar, I'm trying to get my sugar under control and all this diabetes junk, and, and, uh, and, I said, and I said to her this morning, my hope was to be on these shots for so long and then get off the shots. That was my, that's, that was my hopes and prayers. I said this morning, I said, I ain't never getting off these shots. I said, I'd be on these shots the rest of my life. I, I killed my pancreas. It's my fault. I did it. I take ownership of it. She said, you shouldn't be so pessimistic. And listen to me. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just a realist. And that we do sometimes, though. We're just kind of realist. And, 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 you, and, you, and you feel like you solved one problem. You go, whew. I'm on easy street now. This, my back doesn't even hurt anymore. You know, I never do that anymore. You know what I do? I go, what's next? Something else going to happen. Well, that's pessimism. No, that's realism. Because there's something always around the corner. And so we've got to realize, we've got to understand, we've got to put it in God's hands. Because when things happen, other things are going to happen. And uh, we've got to, uh, as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we understand these things. And so God has called us, and he's called you, and he's called me to grow up. There's nothing worse, there's nothing worse than a grown man who's not grown up, who's not matured. And I'm telling you, it's pitiful. It's pitiful to see. It's pitiful to watch. It's pitiful to be involved. And you know what you want to just say? You just want to shake them by the shoulders and just say, just grow up. Just grow up. Let me tell you something. Spiritually, every one of us just need to grow up. Stop making excuses. Boy, if you're anything like me, you got a little book may not be a physical book, but it's a book in your head of just all these excuses. One day, you're going to stand before God and you're not going to get to bring the book with you. You'll have no excuse. Why didn't you grow in the grace of not? Well, you know, it's the woman thou has given me. If you gave me a better spouse... Boy, it's the environment I grew up in. If you gave me better parents... 
Well, if it was, well, if it was, we come up with one excuse after another, after another for our own bad behavior. When you fail, take ownership. Take ownership of it. Stop blaming everybody else and everything else. Listen, you make a bad decision and you reap the consequences, don't blame Biden. Isn't that crazy? Boy, you know, we complained and griped and moaned and groaned every time everything got blamed on Trump when he was the president. And we do the same thing now. And we blame it on Biden. Blame it on the government. We blame it on, no, I'm not saying they're without fault. But I'm here to tell you, we're in the predicament we're in because of the decisions that we've made. And we've made some doozies, folks. I mean, the things that are acceptable today are absolutely mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Kyle went for an interview, and he actually got the job and went to training, and it was, it was gender training. And he swallowed about as much as he could, and he decided he won't. That wasn't, he wasn't interested in that and they had to introduce themselves and, 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 and introduce what gender they were and what they preferred. And, and I'm thinking to myself, do what? Matter of fact, when they were telling them they were training in this because when they met the person, when they sat down, they sat that person and they talked to that person, the very first things out of their mouth were supposed to be, so what is your preferred pronoun? You know, reality check, folks, that's where we're living right now. You don't, have, you don't have to like it. I'm just telling you, that's where we're living right now. And you know why we're living there? Because of the choices that we've made. So we can't, listen, you can't blame it on Russia. You can't blame it on the government. You can't blame it on this generation or the last generation or the next generation. Listen, it's decisions that we've made and undecisions, the things that we haven't made. Him, him, to know, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And we are reaping those consequences right now in our country. The things that we should have been doing, we haven't been doing. The things that we shouldn't be doing, we have been doing, are sin. And there's always consequences. Galatians 6 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You want to talk about sowing and reaping? Talk to David, right? I mean, David sowed the wind. He reaped the whirlwind in his life. It's going to happen. Now, it might not happen tomorrow. This isn't, this isn't something that just happened overnight. Do you know there were companies and there were people that were woke way before woke was a thing? Making decisions. And you know what Christians did? Sat by idly and said nothing. Sat by idly and did nothing. You know what churches did? You know, let me tell you what churches done. You know what the Bible says that the church should be? A lighthouse, right? We should be our lighthouse in our community, and then ultimately through missions, a lighthouse around the world. You know what, you know what the church has done? We've put a dimmer on our lights. Do you have any lights in your home? 
It's got that little circle or it's got that little up and down thing. You don't want it quite as bright, you turn it down. Right? So the church is done. Now, we're not necessarily all the way off, but man, we have dimmed it way down. Let's not cause any ripples. Let's not cause any waves. When the church shouldn't just be causing waves, sometimes we should be dumping the boat over. And whoa, wait a minute, that's not right. And by the way, those that do do that, man, they're ostracized. They're called haters, legalists. I mean, you're just causing way too much trouble. But guess what? Look where our country's trending. Every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. And we're all paying for it. Not just the person. It's the country. It's the people. When churches do that which is right in their own eyes, the people suffer for it. Why do you think people, do you ever, you ever, you ever scratch your head and think to yourself, why in the world would somebody sit under, just pick a name. You know my favorite smiler. Why would people ever, why would anybody sit under somebody that doesn't teach the Bible? Or somebody that doesn't preach the gospel? Or somebody that doesn't stand, on, stand up for what's right? Why would they ever do that? And I'm going to tell you something, the church has turned its dimmer on. We've turned it way, way down. Listen, no matter how you live, it doesn't matter how you talk, it doesn't matter who you are, just, just come on and we're going to accept you. Because let me tell you something, God accepts everybody. Now, you know what most of us would say? That's true. God does accept everybody. Let me tell you something. God is no respecter of persons. I get that. But you, you do know that there are people that are going to heaven and there are people that are going to hell. Now, we've almost turned that off, too. I've got a book in my library that says, where in the world did hell go? Because we've turned, I mean, we've, we've, just, we've just eradicated that. We've just made that disappear and everybody's going to heaven because God loves everybody. And listen, God does love everybody, but it's a choice that you have to make. A decision that you have to make. And I want you to know something, church. God has called us to go. God has called us to give. And God has called us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the will of God. We're going to talk about tonight, the fourth one. God has called us all to be grateful, to have gratitude. Your attitude in your life Shows on your face, shows in your actions, shows in your words. And I can tell you, our attitude isn't gratefulness. Not a lot of times. God has called you and he's called me to be grateful people. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. What is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you? Do you know the Bible says that it is God's desire, it is God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance? It's God's desire that you be saved. It's God's desire that you know Him as your personal Savior.